From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., tomorrow is Election Day. Republican President Donald Trump faces former Democratic Vice President Joe Biden. But besides the presidential race, Wisconsin's eight congressional seats are up for grabs, as well as all 99 state assembly seats and half the state Senate. In this special edition of Capital Notes, we'll look at some of the more contested legislative races. Let's start with the Assembly, where Republicans have control, 63 to 34. What are some of the competitive races you've been watching there? Uh, basically, they're mostly in the suburbs, uh, especially around Milwaukee. About a half dozen seats there, uh, a couple up by Green Bay, another up, other by the Twin Cities, and then kind of some random seats like uh, Republican Todd Novak down in southwestern Wisconsin. And it's all being driven by the president. Um, his numbers are not very good in the suburbs, and we're seeing that reflected in some of the competitive races where the spending has really been uh, mind-boggling, quite frankly, for that many assembly seats. But I would start probably with um, the three that people watch the most are probably Dan Canodal in Germantown, Jim Ott in Mequon, Hutton over in Brookfield, Rob Hutton. Those three Republicans are probably the ones that have been the most talked about because they're the most symbolic of the president's troubles because years ago, years ago those were pretty safe seats, but now because of the president, they're in play. In the past couple of weeks, the spotlight has turned to Assembly Speaker Robin Voss's seat in Racine County. Voss faces a challenge from Democrat Joel Jacobson, a former Burlington alderman. Democrats have poured some money into the race. Suddenly it's competitive, and it's forced Voss to spend a fair amount of money defending his seat. Voss has been Speaker since 2013 and a member of the Assembly for 15 years. It's always been his solid red seat to lose. So what do you make of this? Uh, Democrats will tell you that their, their whole effort there flows out of a belief that Robin Voss is somewhat vulnerable. Uh, those numbers aren't great and for a couple of reasons. One, the Republican base isn't very happy with him because he hasn't done anything to try to overturn the governor's mask mandate. Uh, swing voters aren't very happy because he was part of a lawsuit to overturn the stay-at-home order. Uh, he part of a lawsuit seeking to overturn the mask mandate. And um, Foxconn hasn't panned out the way they had promised it would. So you have all those things kind of going into maybe not great poll numbers for Robin. Same time, even obviously Democrats will acknowledge that this is not really the best seat for them to pick up. Uh, Robin Voss beat uh, this guy by 22 points two years ago. But even if they aren't able to beat him with the um, phenomenal amount of money being spent there, they figure it does a couple things. One, it ties up resources that would go to other assembly Republican candidates. Two, you can raise money by spending money sometimes. And what I mean by that is that there are a number of Democratic donors who aren't big fans of Robin Voss's. And so when they see the party going after Robin, they want, want to open their wallets to help out. And thirdly, it, it can just kind of you know put him on the defensive. And that's what they're doing right now. I mean, if you look at how Robin's reacted to this challenge, it has definitely been from a defensive position. He's now talking about maybe doing a second COVID bill, for example. Uh, things like that, that just, it just, it's a tough environment, a lot of money being spent. People still expect Voss to come through just because of the nature of the district, but it's, it's definitely kind of playing a little bit of havoc with the Republican majority and, and where its, re, its attention is in the closing days of a very difficult campaign. 
and some assembly candidates have been running TV ads. Is it unusual to see TV ads for a state assembly race? Um, it's not that common, especially in expensive media markets. What's interesting, I mean, a lot of times you'll see it on cable TV, for example, but we're seeing assembly cans get up on broadcast TV, which is more expensive. And what's driving that is that you have, um, again, Democratic candidates who are getting money from the state party that allows them to put that kind of investment onto the airwaves. Now, we often see outside groups spend money on assembly races on TV, but the candidates themselves, it's not, they're usually not as big of a presence. But this time, especially Democrats, have got more resources, so you're more likely to see them on uh, broadcast TV. Now, and again, I, you often see ads from the candidates on cable and, and digital and those kinds of things. I'm just seeing more of it this time and more of a presence on the more expensive broadcast medium than maybe I saw in, in typical races before. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has been talking about Republicans taking a supermajority in the legislature. In other words, the GOP would always have the members needed to override Democratic Governor Tony Evers' vetoes. Republicans in the Assembly would need to flip three seats in order to achieve this. Do you think they'll be able to do that? Well, that talk has largely faded away um, in talking to operatives on both sides of the aisle. They're not really focused on that. They're more focused on a question of how many seats Republicans might lose. Uh, for Republicans to take a two-thirds majority, that to hold every seat they have right now and then flip three more. And beginning the session, they had targeted Robin Vining in Wauwatosa, uh, Steve Doyle over in the Cross area, Nick Milroy and Beth Myers up in northern Wisconsin. Those races, uh, other than Robins, they really haven't materialized in terms of a, a GOP challenge. So the focus has really been on defense right now that some of the Republicans are trying to hold on to what they have and minimize any potential losses. Let's turn now to the state Senate. What are some of the competitive races that you've been watching there? Uh, the top races to watch are five of them. Um, Petty, Shot, Petty Shotner in um, Somerset, Western Wisconsin, outside the Twin Cities. She's a Democrat who won a plus 17 Trump seat in a special election two years ago. She's very much in a difficult position because of the nature of the district running against Rob Stassholt, a Republican state representative, uh, Brad Paff, the former DATCAP secretary, whose appointment was overturned by the state Senate uh, this session. He is running against Dan Kapanke, a former GOP state senator for La Crosse area seat. That was what Jennifer Schilling used to represent before she uh, resigned uh, earlier this year. That's Those are two seats that basically insiders feel like Pat, Patty Shotner is in a difficult spot because of the nature of the district and that Rob Stassel has a significant advantage, especially the spending advantage has been very much in his favor. Uh, Brad Paff in that lacrosse area seat, he somewhat favored. Uh, Dan Kapanke has across the aisle appeal, but there's just a feeling that it's just a different environment right now because of the president. And so if the president can keep it close, then Kapanke has a chance. But if it's, you know, reverts to his normal numbers in a presidential race, it's probably not the best seat for uh, Republicans to go after. Up in Green Bay is probably a true toss up. That one is a Jonathan Hansen, who's the nephew of retiring state senator Dave Hansen. He's a DePierre Alderman, Democrat. Running against Eric Wimberg, a Republican uh, attorney from Green Bay who ran against Dave Hansen four years ago. That one is the most expensive race we've seen. It's nearing $3 million for uh, what's been spent on communications with voters from what we've been able to track. Uh, that one, like I said, probably a toss-up. Depending on the president does, that could really help. The better the president does in that district, the better it helps Eric Wimberger. And then there are two other seats we've been watching. Uh, one is Alberta Darling in suburban Milwaukee. That seat really was on the radar six, eight weeks ago. It was kind of a reach seat, but 
again, because the president's been so, uh, has such poor numbers in suburbs, people feel like that race is at least somewhat in play. Uh, and I've heard Poland, they had it tight. And then you also have uh, Pat Tustin, uh, who's from up in Stevens Point area, Republican. That seat, there's a lot of money spent up there. There's a feeling that Tustin has a slight edge because of the nature of the district. It's described to me as being more Trump than it is Republican. Uh, the president's basically his, his bread and butter in Wisconsin, you know, largely rural, white, blue-collar uh, district. So there's maybe, if, if the numbers really go badly for the president on Tuesday, maybe it's a shot then for Dems to win that seat. But it feels like if it's a you know closer five, six-point race, even if a loss like that for the president in Wisconsin, that testing probably is okay. Republicans control the Senate 18 to 13. Do you think Democrats can flip it? No, there's there's no viable path for them to, to flip the, the chamber. There just aren't enough seats that are competitive this cycle for them to win back. For Democrats, if they just lose Patty Schottner, uh, it'll be a good night if they can do that and then pick up like one seat with the Darling seat. They'd have a great night in their minds. Republicans, they expect to beat Patty Schottner. If they pick up the Green Bay seat and everything else holds Pat, they'd feel pretty good about themselves. So the action is really more in the assembly where everything's up every two years and there's the districts that are up this cycle for Republicans aren't as good as they might be in the next election. Um, if those seats run up on the ballot now, it'd be a better story for them. And finally, all eight of Wisconsin's congressional seats are up for election tomorrow. Republicans hold a five to three majority of the seats. Probably the most noteworthy race is in the 5th District, where longtime GOP Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner is retiring. The district covers counties north and west of Milwaukee. Republican State Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald faces Democrat Tom Palsowitz, a Brookfield business owner. Both are running ads, and some parts of the district are showing a lot of yard signs for Palsowitz. So the races may be shaped up to be more competitive than once thought. What do you think will happen here? Uh, Fitzgerald's a heavy, heavy favorite. I haven't heard any buzz about him being in trouble. Uh, the spending really hasn't been there. The only real seat people are talking about in the congressional delegation is the third over in western Wisconsin. Uh, Ron kind of lacrosse, a Democrat, has been there for 24 years, being challenged by Derek Van Orden, a Republican, a former Navy SEAL. Again, if the president does well in Wisconsin, if it's a tight race, if he wins Wisconsin narrowly like he did Four years ago, even if he loses narrowly, there might be an environment then for Ben Orton to do well or give uh, Kind a, a real run for his money. But the general feeling of people I've talked to has been that Kind has an edge there. And the worse the president does in Wisconsin, the better it is for Kind in terms of how he's going to do. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.